Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99 at participating U.S. restaurants. Price may vary. I'm going to take the next couple days um, to really be able to kind of reflect. Obviously, a lot of conversations with various people um, that will dictate and determine um, the decision that's best for me, my family, um, the Rams, and a lot of people. And that's kind of where we're at with that. This has been years. This isn't like uh, this isn't a new thing. Um, this is uh, this has been something that I think has gone on for those of you guys that know me for a handful of years. But it's a beautiful challenge. I wouldn't change this for the world. I, this needed to occur. This was a necessary part of the growth and the development, um, you know, for me to be the person that I need to be instead of worrying about some things that maybe you worried about before that you wouldn't have realized had you not gone through this experience um, and being around the players and the coaches and the way that they've handled that. And so for that, I am grateful. And that's where you just figure out, all right, what is the best way to continue to move forward um, in the right way to be the best coach that you can possibly be? Um, because I don't get the sense in the least bit I'm done coaching, right? It's just a matter of what does that look like as it relates to the immediate future um, is more about, you know, what you're really working through right now. Oh, there it is. That was uh, Rams coach Sean McVay. Rams coach for the moment, Jim Trotter. For the moment, Rams coach <laughs> Sean McVay. And by the way, uh, good to see you as usual. I love it. I love I love when we have the, uh, the the cashmere tie and the tie bar or the wool, whatever it is, looking good. It's good stuff. Uh, I'm a I'm a, I'm gonna break you down right now and be like, yeah, hey, that's 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 all working. That's all working. But you know, I'm gonna say I this, man. You. I'm gonna tell you this, Jim, and, and I'm going somewhere with this. But I I remember I I used to go to New York every year for my birthday. Go, uh, I go have great a great dinner on a Friday. I go to a concert, uh, probably like uh, early uh, uh, Friday night. Then I go see a, a comedy show on on Saturday, and then go shopping, of course, get some gear. But I remember, like every year, I'd go see comics. I go see comics, and you know, I remember like some of the things that they said even years ago. But I remember one comic saying something to the effect of, and at the time I was like, well, that's not really that profound. But I thought about it some more. I said, okay, that's pretty good. He said his secret power was knowing his number his own number. He said, look, I don't go into it, but he said, I know I'm a six. I'm a five or a six. And when I approach an eight or a nine in a bar, I go with that knowledge. Okay. I, I go with the proper expectations. I know who I am. Okay. I don't pretend like I'm a nine. I'm, I'm a six or whatever. So I, I, I thought about that. Uh, not with that from a numerical standpoint, but just like knowing what you can handle and what you can't handle. I see Sean McVay in LA. I see you in San Diego and I've always thought there are three places. I would not be successful New York City because there's too many distractions uh, too much stimulation. I know that about myself. I would not be successful there because I just would just be looking around. I would not be focused in New York. What an incredible city uh, in LA and in San Diego. I think my mind would start to wander. I'd go out. I like you do with your dog go out on the beach. And then I'm just chilling on the beach and I'm thinking about existential things. I'm not really thinking about my job. As a matter of fact, if I spent time in San Diego or LA, I'd say, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to work anymore. I, you know what? Why do I have this job? It's beautiful outside. Everybody's happy. What am I doing grinding day to day? And I think that is what Sean McVay is going through right now. This dude is barely 36, 37 years old. He's a coach. He's a grizzled coaching veteran. I can't believe the words coming out of his mouth. It's like, it's like Proverbs coming out of the mouth of a baby. Like, come on, man. You ain't, you ain't this experience to be talking like this. Like you're so worn down and you know, the process, dude, you're not even 40 years old and you're already well, talking about the coaching life. What goes on? Help me out Wait, before I, before I even comment on that, you know, in that setup, what everybody is wondering, 
What was your number? What did you have yourself rated as when you walked into that bar before you were married? We know you're happily married, yeah. but before you were married, yeah, yeah. what was your number? What was your number N -A. for yourself? N-A. <laughs> no. I, Come I on. Will not, I, will not, I, I will not be defined by numbers. You know, some of these schools, they have pass, fail, pass. Okay, pass. I was not failing. Man. I'll say pass. Come on, Michael Holly. I, I, I've I never known. I have never known you to back away from a question. No, but I never. I never put. I, I didn't. I didn't limit myself like that because, let, let's say. Okay, let's say I'm just right in the middle. Let's say it's a five. Come on, who are we kidding? But let's say it's a five. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, come on now. Can we be honest on a? Can we be honest on a Tuesday? All right, but let, let's say it is a five. And then I see that nine before I was married, married to a 10. But before before I was married, let's see, I see a, I see a nine. I think I'm a five. If I take that comedian's advice, maybe I never even approach. Maybe I'm just so thrown off by numbers. Some numbers can restrict you sometimes, Jim. So, so you, in you other words, too, so wait, wait, wait. You can be so, too honest so in other with words, yourself. Wait, wait. So in other words, you are a 10. You put a 10 on yourself because you married a 10, correct? Well, there was Correct. some deception involved. There was some deception. Okay. All right. All right. There was some deception. I, I hope I hope she doesn't figure out, you know, all all the things I had to line up just to make sure she would even talk to me or listen to me. But no, I never I never thought of myself as a ten. How about you? No, I put myself down around a probably a six, maybe okay. seven I on see, a good Come on, day. man, we gotta boost you up. Hey man, hey Jim, Jim Trotter, you've been working Here, since you, since you left how, You've been working since you left Howard University. You went to the real HU. You got some. Uh, you got income streams. You, you you hang out with famous people. You you live in a beautiful place. I mean, come on, that's got to be worth uh, something. That's got to be at least an eight. A man's, a man's got to know his weaknesses. Look, um, I'm like you. I outkick my coverage, so I got lucky. But or I'm sorry, you didn't outkick your coverage. I outkicked mine. I forgot you were. No, a 10. I did. No, I. I so, no, I didn't. I never said that. I never said that. I absolutely, I absolutely did. You didn't. I'll kick it. I you can't did. believe it. I still can't believe it. Look, look. No, nobody wants to hear us do this. Let's go to your football question about Sean McVay. But no, but but um, I was going to say, what, what's he go going ahead. through though? No, of course I, people want to hear. It's it's real life. There are people out there saying. There are people out there. There are some fives and fours out there in the audience saying, I don't know what these guys are talking about. I'm a nine. I'm a nine and a half. Right. I'm a twelve. So good for them. Good for them. I think uh, I think self confidence in is in and of itself attractive. So if you think that oh, you I, probably I, are going in that direction. Oh, I think no question. I think in women, self confidence and intelligence are incredibly attractive. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's funny people get caught up on the surface stuff, but man, if you can't hold a conversation, Oof. you know. Oof. I, Come on, this is why, why you're teaching. Hey, listen, this? forget about Sean. Yeah. Why are we even talking about Sean McVay? Keep going. Yeah. Listen, yeah. let's give these let's give these jewelries for free. You're giving them for free. Yeah. Keep going, man. I like what you're no, doing. To my, I like what you're saying. Yeah, to my young brothers out there, if, if she can't hold a conversation, it's about a lot more than than that other thing you're thinking about. So, um, for me, I find that to be incredibly attractive in a woman um, in terms of intelligence and self confidence. So. Um, so I'm good with that. Now I want to. I do want to get to your McVeigh question because I think it's. Oh, it's, okay. If we have to. No, I know. Okay. I know. Go ahead. I know. Go but, ahead. but I think it's important. I think it's important because one of the things we are seeing today, I believe, is that there is so much money involved with the game that we are seeing players make decisions that in the past they couldn't make in terms of leaving the game earlier, in terms of quality of life, all of those things because they have made enough money to be able to make those decisions about what is best for their life. And I think we are seeing the same thing now to some degree with coaches who are saying, I have made so much money. And in Sean McVay's case, I have won a Super Bowl. Um, do I really want to continue to go through this grind? Or is there something more out there from a quality of life standpoint that I want to seek out? And as he said, it, may, it does not mean necessarily that he would be done coaching, but it may mean that at this point in time in his life, he feels that there is something more for him. And re remember, he's recently married. So there is yeah. that part of it, too. Um, so I applaud Sean McVay for for even considering that or, or, or speaking openly about that, because I think if we're being honest here, it doesn't matter what profession you're in. If you get to a point where financially 
you can make decisions based on quality of life as opposed to I got to pay the bills. Um, I think a lot of us would do things a little bit differently. So so props to, to Sean McVay for at least understanding that and acknowledging that. All right. I get that. I hear you. Uh, but a couple of things stand like out it. to me. Well, I'm just, I like it. I do like it if, uh, if more employees or more employers, I should say, if more employers were like my Uncle Stan Kroenke. And I call him Uncle Stan. Uh, I do call him Uncle Stan because years ago, years ago, uh, I wrote a book called War Room Plug. Wrote a book called War Room. Stan Kroenke read it. Book. Thank you. He read it. Excellent book. Uh, Les Snead was a part of that because he was in Atlanta at the time. Les Snead was a part of it. So in his interview with the Rams, Stan Kroenke is asking him about War Room. And Snead is telling, Snead told me this. And, and Snead is giving him answers. And he, Kroenke, because he owns several teams, bought hundreds of copies. He bought hundreds of copies of War Rooms, of War Room. Bought it for the Avalanche, bought it for the Rams. Bought it for he's got a Premier League team, or he did at the time. So, hey, hey, <laughs> I know St. Louis hates him. That's why you're a ten. That's why hey, you're a ten. St. Louis hates him. I love him. That's why but you're a ten. I, I, <laughs> you know, you you're a straight up baller. If you got NFL owners buying your book for their other employees and and all across, I appreciate their, it. The I appreciate yep. it so much. But I need employers and. We need employers, Jim. We need employers like Stan Kroenke because if he's okay with this, what that means is he sat down, theoretically, he sat down with Sean McVay after winning a Super Bowl. They just won a Super Bowl. Like, it wasn't even a full year ago. Less than a year ago, they won a Super Bowl. Sean McVay and Les Snead signed contract extensions. Uh, I It probably didn't come up at the time that McVeigh was year to year when he signed that contract extension, and now he's saying, "Hey, oh, hey, y'all, this is oh, this I is think not new, really." No, I absolutely believe it. Oh, absolutely. Look, the word so, was out there before the well, Super Bowl when they won. Okay, well, that McVeigh. Well, great. So you can get a raise. You can get a raise, uh, a contract extension, and then right after you sign that extension, you can take a sabbatical, and you may leave the well, organization. I, I, He's he, did, he, did one, he did coach one more year after signing that contract, so it's not like he left right away. Um, and one look, year. Stan Kroenke, Stan, Stan, look, look, the extension in part is as much about what he had accomplished as what he would do going forward. I can tell you okay. right now, I have had conversations with owners who have said to me, if my coach wins a Super Bowl, I'm more than happy to pay him whatever it may be. I'm not going to do it without him winning that Super Bowl. So I don't think it's that unusual in my mind, at least. Okay. Um, and here's the other thing. Stan Kroenke is smart enough to know that Sean McVay is one of the best coaches in the NFL. And I say that okay. saying I've had owners say to me that they are looking for the next McVay. Mm -hmm. So that tells you that if he were on the market, he would have no problem whatsoever getting another job. And there would be owners who would fire their current coach to, to be able to hire Sean McVay. So I think what last year was in terms of this extension was Stan Kroenke acknowledging what Sean McVay has done for the Rams organization, bringing a championship to LA, which is a big deal for that franchise and saying, I am going to reward you for that. And if you so choose after one more year or two or three, whatever it is that you need to get away, we'll deal with that at that time. So wow, I'm I'm yeah, I'm good I, with all of this. You think? Do, wait, yeah, but do you think I, I'm just surprised, Jim? Um, and, and maybe I'm just maybe I'm all wrong. And we'll we'll talk with somebody who has been in this position, who has who is a Super Bowl winning coach, who has yes. stepped away from the game. And people said, "Wow, well, you stepped away. You're going to come back?" Nope, stepped away from the game. Had other things to pursue: broadcasting. Uh, can I? Can I? Can I interrupt you? Real whether he's can I interrupt? Can I interrupt you one second? You talked about this guest that we're going to have who's going to come on and talk about this. What are we finding with these coaches who leave the NFL to go into broadcasting? They're finding out that the money is good enough and the quality of life is good enough that they don't go back. How many people said mm. Bill Cowher was going to go back to coaching? 
after he went into broadcasting. Right. And it didn't right. happen. Into, we just had Jason. He, he, he we just had Jason Garrett who talked. 2006. Right. Yeah, we just had Jason Garrett who talked to Stanford. And what did he ultimately decide? Man, this is a pretty good gig I got going on right here, right? Sean Payton wants to go back to coaching. It sounds like, but if he were paid on the level that some of these others are, I have a feeling that he wouldn't rush it necessarily. But, but a lot of guys go different... back. I mean. John Gruden, John Gruden went back. I know, you know, Bill Parcells briefly was in broadcasting. You know, he went back. Uh, Joe Gibbs was in broadcasting. He went back. I mean, you know, some guys, if they have the opportunity, especially if, if they're being pursued, that's like, that's, that's more like that nine, 10 thing too, right? Yeah, the fives and sixes aren't necessarily pursued, but the eights and nines, they, they got to bat them off. Not right now. I'm just going to be by myself. <laughs> I'm trying to be single right now in broadcasting. I don't want to be a I don't want to be a head coach. I do want to say this though. Yeah, look, I understand. I didn't think it would be this would happen with McVay after one season. When he right. started talking about it, I thought maybe when he gets to that stage when he's 39 or 40, you know, maybe he'll he'll start thinking about it. I I did not believe, Jim, that after one year less than a year after signing a contract extension that he would be throwing this out there. And once you throw it out there, I think he knows he has a pretty good idea of what he would like to do. I don't know. I'm just, I'm guessing. Well, here's the other, but, here's the other thing. So I'm in green Bay for their game, their Monday night game, the Rams Monday night game against the Packers. And I remember asking a couple of Sean's coaches, is he coming back? And at best they would say it's 50 50. And part of that is some of the stuff we talked about in terms of quality of life. But part of it, too, is the Rams are about to go through a rebuild, whether they admit it or not. And they've given away a lot of draft capital to make that run at the Super Bowl a year ago. Are you willing, or if you're being honest with yourself and asking yourself, do I have it in me right now, feel I have it in me to give it 100% to go through this rebuild, and how long does it take? And it may be that Sean McVay says, you know what? I just know I don't have that energy right now to put into a two or three year rebuild. I don't know. I, and he has not said that to me and they have not. I'm just throwing it out there because it's real, you know? So yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But I agree with you based on his recent press conference, based on what I have heard from some of his assistants, it sounded to me like Sean McVay is likely gonna walk away after this year. Yes, sir. I'll tell you what I do have the energy for, and I will speak for you. I know you do as well. A conversation with Hall of Fame coach Tony Dungy. That's coming up next on Brother from Another. Don't go anywhere. Listen on Sirius XM Channel 85. Watching on YouTube. Don't go anywhere. Tony Dungy's coming up. All right, welcome back to Brother from Another. I told you it was coming. Hall of Fame coach Tony Dungy joins us, and Tony... Uh, it's funny, our producer Gary Carter said when I was in the middle of this conversation with Jim Trotter, he said, uh, coach is checked in five minutes early, just like a coach. <laughs> okay, so you are already <laughs> checked in. Since you were checked in, you heard our car, you heard part of our conversation about Sean McVay, and you've been in this situation. And like, who better to ask than you? You've uh, gone through this process. What do you hear from McVay? And what was it like for you when you decided to step away from football? Well, what I heard was last year at the Super Bowl and Sean having discussions and is it time to go. So that that told me something right there. I think the Rams probably thought, hey, we give him an extension, add more money to it. It's going to change the way he feels. And it, it obviously hasn't. Um, we won our Super Bowl in 06. And I had been coaching, uh, shoot, 26 years at that time. And I thought it might be time for me to go. I had a long conversation in private with my wife in private with our owner, Jim Irsay, and I decided to come back and, and coach another year or two, but you, you do think about it. And uh, I, I think that's where Sean is. And if you're thinking about it, I, I'll tell you, it's coming. It may not come this year, but it, it's coming pretty soon. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Tony, I think um, from my standpoint, I think it's a, a great thing that coaches – and players are now, because of the wealth that this league has has given to some, or that they've earned, I should say, um, can make life decisions based on quality of life as opposed to, hmm. I need to pay the bills. Do, do you hear guys talk about that more now in terms of their mindset? I don't think it's necessarily being able to pay the bills, Jim, but it is more of us thinking about life decisions and quality of life um you just didn't have that years ago and we weren't making as much money then but we were still making enough but more and more people are saying money is not the most important thing and i know sean McVay sitting there saying yeah i could make eight ten twelve million dollars thing here uh with the rams but is that really the most important thing and for me it wasn't i was 53 years old when i i stepped away and had a nice contract situation with the colts but I had some other things I wanted to do. I wanted to be at home a little bit more. I wanted to w- watch my son play college football. I wanted to do some charity work in the Tampa area. And uh, I was retiring to another lifestyle. It wasn't like, well, I need a break and I might come back. I knew when I stepped in that I was done. Uh, Tony, I want to, okay, if good. I could, I want to ask you, you went right. on social media after Lovey Smith was fired. And you made your feelings felt about the Texans firing head coaches after or giving them one and done the past two seasons. Can you elaborate that more on on um, for our audience about why that's so devastating and, and detrimental in terms of trying to build success and the right culture within an organization? To me, when you hire a coach, it's a marriage and you're making a long term commitment and you've got a plan. And supposedly two years ago, the Texans had a plan with they call it, hey, we know we've got some issues. We're not going to be good. We're going to we're going to let J.J. Watt go. We're going to let DeAndre Hopkins go. We're going to build for the future. And David Culley went in there and they were competitive and they, they won a few games and they played hard. And they said, oh, well, we're not good enough. So we're going to fire you. I don't like the direction we're going. Well, then they go through the same process and they come to Lovey Smith. Hey, we're going to let our franchise quarterback go. Deshaun Watson's got some issues. We're not going to deal with those. We're going to build for the future. We're going to get these number one draft choices down the road. And three years from now, we're going to be a really good team. We know we're going to take our lumps now. That's the plan. Well, it happens that way. And it plays out that way. No different than anyone expected. And now you blow it up again and say, we're going to start over again. Well, if you look at these guys, they play competitive football. Kansas City Chiefs are the number one seed in football. They took them into overtime three weeks ago. Dallas Cowboys, they took them to the last play of the regular season. They win a couple games. They're fighting hard. They're going to have draft choices down the road. They're going to have a better quarterback. They're going. It's going to be better. But after one year, two times in a row, you, you do that, it just doesn't make sense to me. And and I posted on my, my tweet, Chuck Noll was 1-13. and 13. Uh, Gosh, Jimmy Johnson was one in fifteen. Um, Tom Landry was oh eleven and one. You know you can't judge after one year, especially when you've said we are building for the future. So how do you make decisions in one year? 
My question is, who in their right mind is going to go there now, unless it's a big, mm-hmm. long-term, guaranteed deal? Well, well, I was just going to say, I was going to say that, Tony. That that is exactly where I want to go because I said yesterday when Michael Smith was on. You know, there are 32 of these jobs, and as and I'm with you. I I, I share your opinion a hundred percent across the board. How you feel about the situation? Uh, it's outrageous. But there are 32 jobs, and if the Texans come to you and you want your opportunity, you almost have to take, you can't turn it down because that may be your only opportunity to, to get a head coaching job. Who knows? So is that the approach to take? Do you protect yourself? If you're the next head coach, do you make them pay? Do you say, okay, I got to have an eight-year contract. It's got to be fully guaranteed. I got to have red M&Ms over here and the yellow ones there. I got to have limits, like everything. How, how do you approach that when you know they've done this with their last two head coaches? How would you do it? Chuck Noll told me something when I first started working for him in 1981. I was 25 years old. He said, you're going to have opportunities in this league to move on. So let me give you one piece of advice. Never take a job based on the job title or the money they're going to pay you. Take your job based on who you're going to work with, who you're going to work mm. for, what you're going to learn, and what type of organization you're going to be in. And I've seen people Ooh. take jobs for $10,000 more. And it didn't turn out well. I've seen people take jobs because I'm going to be the defensive coordinator. I'm going to be the head coach. And it's not the right thing. So I, that's what it me today. I would advise take a look at who you're going to work for, who you're going to work with, what their track record is. It might not be the best job for you. That is so powerful. So powerful. That's great. And so true. That's great advice. And, but, Tony, how hard is it for particularly young coaches to – to heed those words of wisdom. Well, it's tough because you don't know when you're going to get that opportunity. But the other side of the coin is you have to have a gut feel about who, you know, you have to interview them. Because I can tell you this, 25 years ago when I went to Tampa, people were saying the same thing. Oh, it's a graveyard for coaches. You know, it's going to be two years and you'll be gone. Don't take that job. Well, I talked to Rich McKay and I talked to Jerry Angelo and we had uh, an understanding and I liked where they were. And yeah, things hadn't gone well, but it was a back and forth. Now, uh, is it going to be that way? Can people fool you in an interview? Sometimes, but I I would have to ask serious questions about the direction we're going. And I'm sure Lovey asked those questions. I'm sure David Cully asked those questions, but that's what you'd want want to know if you're going to interview anywhere, but particularly there when they've got a track record of two one-year stops in a row. Uh, you, you've mentioned the Steelers a couple of times, and rightfully so. Uh, you, you won some championships there. You, you coached there under the great uh, Chuck Knoll. Uh, worked for the Roonies. I mean, it's a strong organization. And you think about the contrast, Tony, the Texans, two years in a row, one and done, one and done. And the Steelers, and I just want you to put this in context because I, I can't find the words for it. I know you know uh, better than we do. Mike Tomlin, again, a winning <laughs> record. They're 9-8. and eight. Ben Roethlisberger retired. Mitch Trubisky was their starting quarterback. They move on from Trubisky. They put a rookie in there and Kenny Pickett. It looked like they are out of it. And their last game of the season, if not for uh, uh, oh. you know, a couple of things going, you know, Miami winning the game on a field goal, essentially. They got a safety at the end. Steelers would be in the playoffs. So how do you put Mike Tomlin in context? Because it's a pretty amazing streak. Never had a losing season. Well, and and it comes down again. Who are you working for? Who are you working with? What is the organization all about? At at one point, Pittsburgh is three and five. Well, some people are firing their coach at three and five, you know, in the middle of the season. And there's no panic in Pittsburgh. We know what we're doing. We're going to play this young quarterback and we're going to grow. I can remember... Uh, when I was young, Dan Rooney telling me, hey, I knew we had the right man in Chuck Noll when we were 1-13. That's when I knew I had the right guy because of how he handled that situation. And I'm sure they wow. feel the same way about Mike. We know we've got the right man when we're in these tough times and everybody else around is panicking. And Mike Tomlin is just saying, no, we're going to stay the course. The standard is the standard. And here we go. I love that. Um, me too. Yeah. So- Tony, tell me if I should be bothered by this, that we saw the job that Brian Flores did in Miami, and we know now that he's in Pittsburgh as a a defensive assistant. 
And now teams are saying they want to interview him as a defensive coordinator. And I'm asking myself, why aren't these teams interviewing him for a head coaching job? Since we saw what he did in Miami in terms of turning around that franchise. Do you also wonder about that as well? Um, you know, I, I think right now, Brian is in a situation where people are going to be a little bit hesitant. So, so that does make you wonder, but there's also, you know, that situation where you've got to know what you're looking for. And you may be looking for Brian Flores as a defense coordinator and not as a head coach. And to me, that's okay. Um, I go again, I go back to Pittsburgh and Dan Rooney, when he hired Mike, he had four really high quality offensive coaches on his staff at that time. Um, Bruce Aaron was on his staff and Bruce would go on to take a team and win a Super Bowl. Ken Wisenhunt was on that staff and he would take a team to a Super Bowl. But Dan Rooney went outside and he hired Mike Tomlin because he was going to follow his blueprint. And his blueprint was I hire young, great communicative defensive coaches. That's what I'm looking for. So the fact that he didn't interview Ken Wisenhunt, he didn't interview Bruce Aarons, I, that that doesn't bother me. So I could see a team saying, you know what? Brian Flores may not be exactly what I'm looking for as a head coach, but as a defensive coordinator, I love it. And that's okay. But, um, you know, we, we'll see. We'll see what, what happens with Brian and where he goes. He should get an opportunity down the road in these next couple of years. He really should. Well, one more thing, Coach and Michael. This is this is my therapy session with Tony because I, I always look right, for good. his words of wisdom to talk me yeah. off the ledge because I, I can be a little emotional at times. But, Coach, tell me why I should not be bothered that David Tepper did not go to the Carolina Panthers' final game if for no other reason than to say to Steve Wilkes and those players, thank you for the job that you did after a 1-4, 1-5 right. start. Oh, this is the first time hearing this, and I, I don't know that I've ever heard of an owner not at one of their games, no matter what the situation is. So that that surprises me a little bit. Um, they were very close to being playing that game for a playoff spot. Uh, maybe there was the disappointment there. I don't know. But to me, if you're an owner, you've got to be there with your team. If you're 0-15, you got to be there. So uh, that, that's disappointing for me to hear. Uh, my, my final question for you, uh, Tony, uh, it involves the game that you're going to be at. You're going to be there regardless of the situation. You will be there, Tony. It is a playoff game. Uh, it is the Chargers and Jaguars, and it speaks to a lot of things. Uh, the Chargers finally kicked down the door and get into the playoffs. They were so close last year. And the Jaguars bring in Doug Peterson, who is who doesn't make it about himself brings them stability yeah, brings them confidence and they win their division after a three and seven start. What are you looking for? What are you looking to see uh, in this uh, four or five matchup between these teams? I am so excited because you've got um, star power quarterbacks young quarterbacks who are going to be the face of the league uh, going forward. You've got uh, exciting young defensive players and you've got a team in Jacksonville that kind of did what we, we think you should do you you draft your quarterback you build around him but then you put some pieces to the puzzle there and I love what they did in free agency they didn't go out and get the hundred million dollar star player they got some hungry guys who wanted to be there and wanted to be part of a winning group and they're playing with with energy and passion and then they got a, a coach who uh, had been to a Super Bowl, a coach who knows how to put things together, and as you said, a coach who doesn't make it about himself. Uh, I, I actually made a call to the Jaguars organization after everything blew up last year, and I said, you need some stability. And there's a couple of people I could recommend. One of them was Doug Peterson. The other was Jim Caldwell, the same type mm. of guy that would have done the same mm. type of job uh, with a young quarterback, coaches who had been to Super Bowls, and been successful and built offenses and, and mentored quarterbacks. Um, and, you know, it ended up being Doug Peterson, and that's great. I believe Jim Caldwell could have done the same thing. I believe Jim Caldwell could do the same thing in Denver. If I talked to the Denver people, that's who I would hire. But we'll see what happens. 
Well, Tony, I, I don't, I don't want to lead you down a, uh, a path where we could all get into trouble, but it bothers me a little bit that I see Why not? a bit of. Why not? Come on. Well, come on, Jim. No, Go here's ahead. my thing. When Tony mentions, when Tony mentions Jim Caldwell, there's no question to me Jim Caldwell should be a head coach in the NFL right now. But all I keep hearing from owners and teams right now is that owners want to go younger, you know, and they want to get that fresh face and that name. And all of a sudden, these coaches like Jim Caldwell or Leslie Frazier or Steve Wilkes or others aren't really being talked about or considered for these jobs. And so I'm not going to sit here and say age discrimination, but it sure feels like some of that's going on in the NFL right now. And I don't know if you want to comment on that, Tony, because I had another question for you. But if you want to, the floor is yours. Yeah. Let, let me comment on that one first. And let's go to Exhibit A, Sean McVay. Sean McVay is in his 30s talking about leaving the game. So don't don't say that, well, I need a young guy because Jim Caldwell might only be there six or seven more years. And I don't know what you, you got hired a 30 something that took you to one Super Bowl and might be leaving. So uh, get stability, get good people and don't worry about that. Steve Wilkes, Leslie Frazier, Jim Caldwell, Doug Peterson. Hey, nothing wrong with that group of people. Absolutely. Tony, lastly, for me, can you put into perspective what Brock Purdy has done with the 49ers? That is the most unbelievable thing I've seen for a young quarterback to come in in a pressurized situation like that to play good, solid football, not turn the ball over, not look like a rookie. Um, it, it's amazing. Uh, you have to credit Kyle Shanahan and that offensive staff, but Brock Purdy must have something in, inside him that nobody saw. I mean, you'd have to think, and are we seeing – the Tom Brady, that low round guy that we didn't see all this. We didn't anticipate this. Uh, he's playing spectacular football, in my opinion. You know, Amazing. Uh, Tony, I, I, I think I told Tony this story already, Jim, uh, but I'll, I'll tell you and him again. So last year, uh, NBC has a Super Bowl and I had an opportunity to kind of jump on the coattails of that coverage. So I'm on that coverage and we have we do a spot. Michael Smith and I do a spot. It's right before Tony uh, comes in and kind of is the cleanup hitter. You know, we got on base and, and Tony came in, and, you know, and brought us in. So my mother in Ohio is watching it. She said, oh, I saw you on TV. This is great. I said, mom, what was your favorite part of seeing me on TV? She said, you know, what my favorite part was son. My favorite part was Tony Dungy said Michael Holly said. Tony Dungy mentioned your name. That was my favorite part of it. <laughs> She's a big man. Yeah. So uh, listen, she sees her son this, on Michael. national TV and she shouts out Tony Dungy. No, it, it, I can understand Thanks, why. Mom. Look, when I in teaching my class, like I said, I wanted to talk to the students about integrity, about a professionalism, those sorts of things and why they're important. So who's the one person I reached out to to see if they would be interested in speaking? Tony Dungy. And he was tremendous. They all loved it and took a lot from it. So I thank you again for that, Coach. We appreciate you. We You're appreciate you for, for teaching for teaching in the classroom and in the studio as well. Look forward to uh, your coverage for the uh, Chargers-Jaguars game. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Always fun being with you. Absolutely. Could anything happen in this playoff game Monday that could – put Mike McCarthy's job status in question for next year? No. Just, uh, I don't even want to. Uh, no. Uh, that's it. I, I don't need to go into all the pluses or minuses, but uh, uh, we're not seeing any. We're not uh, basing. I've got uh, a lot more to evaluate Mike McCarthy on than this playoff game. Ooh, ooh, Jim Trotter. You know, listen, now the vote of confidence from owners over the years, that is always like a curse. That's the jinx. And back in the day, I know you used to work for Sports Illustrated. That was like the SI cover jinx. And so if your <laughs> owner gives you a vote of confidence, usually you're looking around like, okay, when's it coming? Uh, when's the knife coming? When's the pink slip coming? Et cetera, et cetera. It rarely happens before. A playoff game before a playoff game. So how do you feel? It's uh, you can go either way. You can say 
Look, that just lets you know that Mike McCarthy is secure. You don't have to worry about it, win or lose. He's got a job or here comes the vote of confidence jinx. What do you think? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Um, I think Jerry lives in the moment and Jerry Jones has the money, power and authority to change his mind at any time. And he has been known, he has been known to change his mind at any time. So I don't think there's anything written in stone there. I think if the Cowboys lose um, their opener and if they don't play well in that playoff game, I don't put anything past Jerry Jones. I really don't. Uh, I don't put anything past Ashley Nicole Moss, the number one Cowboys fan, a brother from another <laughs> who is here. What's up, Ashley? We were just Hi. talking about just talking about Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. Uh, Jones yeah, says, "Hey, Mike McCarthy is giving right." Yeah, he said, "Look, <laughs> hey, McCarthy has shown me enough already. I've seen enough. This game is not necessarily <laughs> some type of referendum on Mike McCarthy." And you say to that, "What?" Okay. Sure, Jerry. <laughs> Listen, um, I think that I think Jerry has for his credit, and I don't give credit to Jerry Jones often, but when I do, it's warranted. I think he has learned from his mistakes with the Jason Garrett era. You know, Jason Garrett stayed the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys for far too long. And I know a lot of people will say, well, he, he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't great either. He was mediocre. And mediocrity is a win championship. So I think that for Jerry's credit, He's not as inclined, or at least I would hope he's not as inclined to let Mike go the same route that Jason did. I think that if the Cowboys underperform, especially with that just bitter taste he has left in his mouth after that disastrous performance to end the regular season, I think that if they go into this Monday night game against the Tampa Bay Bucks, who for all, you know, credit, let's go ahead and, and well, not credit, let's go ahead and just call it what it is. They're not really that great or that intimidating as they once were, but it's still Tom Brady, okay? And if you're playing against the GOAT, you got to go ahead and treat it like you're playing against the GOAT. So while they're not quite where they were when they won the Super Bowl, you're still playing against Tom Brady. If you get a Dallas Cowboy team that's even a fraction of a remnant of what you saw in week 18 or even what you saw when they played the Houston Texans when they kind of played with their food and allowed that game to go into the fourth quarter and almost blew that, the worst team in the NFL. I think Jerry Jones is going to be very quick to make changes, and that's going to start with his head coach. I'll tell you a story. When I was um, working at ESPN, I was doing a feature on Jerry uh, prior to the Hall of Fame vote. And Jerry said to me, if you told him that he he could exchange the star out in Frisco, uh, mm-hmm. AT&T Stadium, we're talking like $5 billion, whatever, for another Super Bowl, he might have those papers drawn up. That's how much a Super Bowl means to him. It means so much to him 
that he has yet to even put Jimmy Johnson in the ring of honor at, <laughs> at the stadium. Because yeah. I think he doesn't want to do it until he has a Super Bowl that he can say, I got this one without Jimmy's players or, or Jimmy taking credit. So that's why I say if they lose this game and they don't yeah. play well, I absolutely believe a change could be made. Absolutely. And look, you know, Michael and I get into this all the time because he he tends to give, you know, McCarthy the benefits of the doubt for some reason. Not quite sure. Yeah. Maybe it's because he's not a Cowboys fan. He doesn't have to deal with what I deal with. But I will say right. this. Is he a terrible head coach? No. But he was brought in for one purpose, and that was he's a Super Bowl winning head coach, and he was supposed to go ahead and bring this Dallas Cowboy team that we are constantly putting in the conversation. At the start of every single season, they're always in the power rankings. They're always in the team you got to look out for to go all the way, to go to the Super Bowl. And I think probably the most talented Dallas Cowboy team we have seen in a very long time. Some will possibly say ever. That's up for the debate. If you ask my dad, that still belongs to the 90s, so I'm not going to get into that. But he was brought in to win them a Super Bowl. If that does not happen, you can't just go ahead and get rid of your quarterback and this guy and that guy. It's going to start with the head coach. That is the only reason he is there. And if he cannot deliver, you cannot give him another season to prove that he can't do it. you got to bring someone else who can. And his name is Sean Payton, but that's a different conversation. Okay, okay. Oh, no, no, it's not. No, wait, it's wait, not a different wait. conversation. I'm so glad. No, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. This is perfect. You came right into my web. I was like, uh, I was mm -hmm. playing cover two. I was playing cover two. This very so soft zone. I was like, okay, maybe she'll throw me one. And you threw me one. Thank you very much. Because I wanted, this is why I give Mike McCarthy credit. All of you, all of you Cowboys fans, pining. For Sean Payton, Ashley, let me just say it this mm -hmm. way. I'm proud. I'm 52 years old. I'm 52. Mm -hmm. Okay. When Sean Payton, <laughs> uh, when Sean Payton won a Super Bowl, I was in my 30s. When Sean Payton okay. last won a Super Bowl, I was in my 30s. Since he won that Super Bowl, he's won five playoff games. He had three mm -hmm. straight seasons of seven and nine with mm -hmm. Drew Brees. A Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, he's got the same, essentially the same record as Mike McCarthy. So go ahead and pine for Sean Payton. But when you get Payton, you know what you're getting? Mike McCarthy. So go ahead. I hope, no, I hope it happens I so y'all can see that. I don't think you are. Three straight seven and nine. In this environment, in this environment, oh. he would have been fired after the second seven and nine with the Hall of Fame quarterback. We said it's quarterback's league, right? You got to have, hey, he doesn't have a quarterback. He had a Hall of Famer. And yet, couldn't you also get have, over five hundred three straight years. You also have to look at the logistics, right? Yes, yes, he had. Well, okay, yes. He, so did Bill Belichick, for that matter. No one's pulling his credentials. Okay, so I Six. think mm. with Preach. with Sean Payton, though, Preach. you Six. also have to Six. you also Six to have one. to look at the fact. But Sean Payton, you Six also have to look to at the one. fact that he had he had Drew Brees what on the decline of his career, right? The no. Saints were going towards the last. The last half of his tenure at the end, but those seven and nine, not the incline. Still, but those seven and nine seasons. If you look it up, seven and nine. That's prime oh, Drew Brees. But look at the but look Drew at the, Brees look played at the like eight years that after the that. Look at the teams though. The Dallas Cowboys team right now that Mike McCarthy is coaching is drastically better than the Drew Brees, Sean Payton. Um, New Orleans Saints that he had towards the end of his tenure. It is a drastic, it's not even a fair comparison. The Dallas Cowboys okay. are drastically right. better. So if Mike McCarthy cannot go ahead and lead a, lead a drastically better, more talented team into these playoffs, I'm not even going to say Super Bowl. I just want to get out the first round. If you lose this game on Monday, <laughs> you are not the guy. You have okay. all of the talent in the world. Period. You just do. That's right. Okay, that's a fair point. Fair point. Uh, listen, uh, Trotter, this is our last question. This got to be our last question for Ashley because we're up against it. Ashley, off the top, we were talking about confidence. Brothers who are like a five or a six approaching nines or tens. How do you feel about that? How do you feel when you're approached by a five or six respectfully? They're respectful. They're thoughtful. <laughs> but you look at it. They're on a, and, and, and when they're approaching you, imagine now they're in a club or out. They're a five. That's the best that they might look. 
That's their best, and it's still a five. Okay. They, they might be like three. They might be a four. So anyway, how do you you're so feel? Superficial, when you're superficial, man. You're so superficial. I, 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 well, wait, hold on. No, no, no. Don't leave the witness. You, Don't leave the witness. We want to, I want an honest answer. Ask, if you were to ask 21-year-old Ashley, I'd give you a drastically different answer. But I'm going to be 30 on Friday. So I will hey, say. Happy, happy birthday. early birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. I will say pretty guys bring too many problems. And at 30, I don't want to deal with their problems. So I'll take a 5'6 who's like funny and smart and, you know, ambitious and, you know, romantic and considerate. If you have all those qualities, but you're a 6, listen, a 6 can be turned into an 8 with a couple of things going on. It's not. It's nothing to worry about. <laughs> oh, it's not a problem. Hey, listen. You, <laughs> hey, Wait, no, no, no. This is great. You know her DMs are about to blow up. You know, I, they are about to blow up. I know it's great though. In the last, in the last couple weeks, on brother from another, we've had Megan Triplett and Ashley Nicole Moss. <laughs> Tell the brothers, okay, this is what it is. I mean, come on, we do everything for you on this show. What can we do for you? This is amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Ashley. You made a lot My of sense. Guys. That's a lot of sense. I just. I want to get y'all's opinion on this. There's fresh cut confidence and there's fresh coat confidence. Ashley, is this a winner or not from Jason Tatum last night? It's a winner for me because I have this coat. Oh. Oh. So it's definitely a winner for me. I love it. I did Trotter, not can see you do that it? Coming. Can you pull can you pull it off, Trotter? Can you do it for Bro, even I'm for an hour? I am 59 you, years old. I couldn't pull that off in my 30s. Couldn't pull it off in my 20s. I'm not buying like said, it. You got to know your strengths and weaknesses. I'm going to try yeah. it on Brother From Another before the year is out. I will. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. I promise you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I know how to run a hair salon. But for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. She's a small business owner, too, so she knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.